Coming up on today's podcast, we ask Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants the question, who will finish higher in the NL West division, the Arizona Diamondbacks or the San Francisco Giants? No fence sitting. We get an answer out of Ben. He also tells us how Evan Longoria is going to fit in nicely with the D-backs this season and so much more on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. There you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But now, without further ado, let's continue that conversation with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants. Looking at the free agents the Giants did sign, Ben, is there anyone in particular that you're keeping your eye on that could be maybe a bigger impact than what people are are just talking about when surrounding the Giants? Because I know you talked about Conforto and his upside, and I think if he was healthy last year and then entered free agency this year, like everyone's getting paid this offseason. Like him and Brandon Nemo are probably both getting $100 million contracts from the New York Mets. So is there one of those players that the Giants signed from this offseason that you're keeping your eye on that you think is a little under the radar that could pop for this team? Well, I, I think first is probably Conforto, but I also – believe Mitch Hanniger, he has had some really good seasons and he's also he's been quote unquote injury prone but if you look at some of the injuries he's had he's had some very fluky injuries like uh I don't know if you know or the listeners know he he had a ruptured testicle on a foul ball oh, that he uh, hit it, uh, yeah rough right and he missed a lot of time with that um understandably so and other kind of fluky things like that. But if you look at when he was healthy and when he kind of had a full season, he's been really good. And I mean, 39 home runs is kind of insane. But for me, for him, it's going to come down to defense, because if you look at kind of the advanced metrics for him over his career, he's been up and down kind of defensively. And so if he can be healthy and then be the good defensive version of himself, I think that He's got the upside, I wouldn't say of a superstar, but of an all-star caliber player. And Michael Conforto, I mean, he averaged like 30 home runs over a four-year period and on-base percentages of like 370. So they both have the potential to be really good players, but also they have the potential to be mediocre players. And I think they probably lie somewhere in between where they're good, but not great, but not mediocre. And... <laughs> I don't know. On on the pitching side, it's interesting because, you know, last year, like you said, they bring in Rodon. 
who I knew immediately had the upside to be like an ace. And what they do this year with Stripling and Manaya, I don't think either of those two are kind of those types of pitchers. They're more like contact-oriented pitchers. And I don't think they're going to have that Cy Young-type season that Rodon was able to have. But they finally have some young guys beating down the door a little bit in uh, Kyle Harrison. Just I know the D-backs have even more young studs on the way, but uh, the Giants have their own, maybe one or two. And uh, you're probably going to see Kyle Harrison at some point this year. And I know that wasn't really the question, but he's he's a guy to look out for as well. Uh, Taylor Rogers, he's been a good reliever. I don't know. For me, it's the it's the offensive players. They need one of Haniger or Conforto to kind of go off. I think that would be a key to this season. No Sean Manaya, no Sean Manaya talk for you. Are you out on I Sean mean, Manaya? Look at his look at what he did last year. I just I'm you know a little bit uh, tempering my expectations. I know he was good, but when he's been good, he's not like a dominant strikeout artist like Rodon was. He's more like an average strikeout rate and just kind of get re- really good results without being that blow people away type of pitcher although reportedly in his first spring start he was up to 96 whereas last year at this hmm. time he was like 88 90 so oh, that's a they, big jump it is and they've had you know alex cobb was the same thing last year he came he's normally historically been a guy who throws like 91 and last year he was up to like 98 at times and so they've sent guys to try to drive line up in seattle and guys have been able to add velocity so we'll see if that translates for Manaya, it certainly could. If you're going from low 90s to mid to upper 90s, that can make a big difference. Yeah, it sounds like you sent these guys to Biogenesis uh, <laughs> and you an eight ticks of velocity <laughs> your fastball in the offseason. Sounds yeah. like you're pretty insane. I don't know what kind of training you got to do to add that much raw power on your fastball, but uh, might have to go see A-Rod's guys real quick. But uh, <laughs> looking ahead, I mean, just because looking at your lineup right now, I definitely think you need a, a Hanniger or a Conforto to pop because Peterson had a pretty nice year last year. He had a pretty under the rated, under the radar season. I think he was even an all-star for you guys. He Last year. And then Yastrzemski, what? He's already hurt, I think. Said he's day-to-day just on Roto Champ. Just a little knee thing. Yeah. yeah. He's solid, but he's not like a star player or anything like that. Like, he's just like one of those complimentary glue guys that every playoff lineup rotation needs. So, I definitely think you need a Hanager or Conforto or both of them to pop for your lineup to really produce offensively because I want to get a little D-backs talking here because leaving your lineup, your third baseman who – might have been injured the last couple of years, but was pretty productive when he was on the field. Evan Longoria, as a D-backs fan, because I don't think we've talked about him yet, Ben. How should us D-backs fans feel about Evan Longoria? Obviously, he's old. Obviously, he's like 37. He's not the same elite defender as he once was. But I'm like, hey, you get 90 to 110 games out of Evan Longoria. You're just going to use him as your platoon third baseman to crush left-handed pitchers, which I think he can still do at a pretty high level. Like, as a D-backs fan, my expectations aren't high for Evan Longoria, but should I have them even lower? Should my expectations be on the floor, Ben? I think you pretty much nailed it. Like everything you said was what I was going to say. The first thing I was going to say is he's old. Like you can, you kind of see the age at times that I think he fits the D backs a lot better in that the the D backs have a young team. And so to Mm -hmm. mix in a veteran like Evan Longoria, I think is, is a really nice thing to do. But for the giants, I mean, he was like one of the core guys of that team. And I just thought it was time to turn the page and try to get a little bit younger, more like the D backs in that regard, but you nailed it. I mean, I think he's going to platoon, He's going to hit left-handed pitching. I would say that, you know, he was there for five years in San Francisco. And 
the first couple of years, it was a, you know, Bruce Bochy led coaching staff. And then Gabe Kapler comes in, they do a totally new coaching staff, new hitting coaches, three hitting coaches, and they went off offensively in 2020. Obviously, short season, people were wondering, can they do it again? Longoria was one of those guys who just hit a lot better after a couple down years. Uh, but in 2021, they did it again. And if you look at Longoria's seasons, I think I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but he was much better offensively after working with these new kind of more modern hitting coaches. And so I think he he's a guy I, I really felt like should probably be platooned. And he mm -hmm. wasn't always here. He played a lot against righties as well. But if you're just platooning him, I do think defensively, he's still good. I mean, he he's really kind of steady. He's really smooth. He's really under control. And he's just a guy that players gravitate to leadership-wise. And obviously, he's been in the game a long time. He's even kind of a borderline Hall of Fame player, not because of his time with the Giants, but his time before that. And I don't know. Like, it, the deal reflects kind of the upside and the limited upside, but also just a solid uh, piece on a young team to kind of provide that veteran leadership and also do a good job in a somewhat limited role defensively and hitting lefties. Ben and I will continue our conversation by first one tell you that the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That's my favorite thing to do. Whenever the Lakers are playing, it's tough to do right now because a lot of the best Lakers are hurt. But when they were healthy, LeBron, 25 points. LeBron, 5 rebounds. LeBron, 5 assists with AD going for 25-10. and 10. That is by far my favorite bet to do. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more at FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yeah, and last year, you just look at his numbers. Like, he missed some time with injury, played 89 games. But if we get a 767 OPS and 14 home runs out of Evan Longoria, like, if he just duplicates what he did with the Giants last year for the D-backs, like, I think that's all the value we need. We just need him to split time at third with Josh Rojas and just bang some dingers when you get a, a hanging curveball over the middle from a lefty. That's all we need. I think Evan Longoria can definitely do that. Already has a house here in Arizona. I think he was already inching his way toward Arizona maybe before. He was like, let me do a quick stop in San Fran, get some sunshine, hit the beach for a little bit, and then retire in AZ. He said that he said it towards the end of the year, like people were asking him about his future. And he basically said, I want to come back to the Giants. But also, if I, if that doesn't happen, I want to I probably want to play for the D-backs where I have a house really? or I want or I want to play for the Tampa Bay Rays where I have a house because he obviously started his career there. So, yeah, he he wants to be there. So that's that's part of it, too. He's happy to be close to home. He wa he has 
kids or at least one and he wants his kid his family wants him to see him uh keep playing at least one more season where where the kid is a little older and can experience his dad being a you know major league player close to home and free agents wanting to come to arizona that's a rarity there don't always have that and it's <laughs> probably because we don't want to pay them what they're worth but Happy to see Evan Longoria come. I think he's going to be a nice veteran presence for this young team. But Ben Caspic, I want to know, just because the Giants finished with a perfect 500 record last season, 81-81. and We talked about how Carlos Rodon had just left this offseason. We talked about their whiffs. But listen, I do think they brought in quality players, maybe not of the Carlos Correa caliber, but I don't like, I, I don't hate the Hanegers and the Confortos and the Ross Striplings of the world. I think those are solid players. So entering this season, do you think the ceiling is higher or lower than the Giants compared to last year's team? That's tough. I think the ceiling might be lower, but I think the Ooh. floor is wow. higher. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Why? Yeah. Do you mostly think it's because Rodon with his Rodon. that one to come in? Yeah, I feel that. I feel like it's Rodon because he he had the potential to be a Cy Young caliber player, and he was. But so many other things didn't go right. But if you had like the floor of this year's team with like kind of that upside, that's why it was so seemingly important to get a whether it was Correa or Judge or even Rodon I didn't think they were going to go out and get Rodon or bring him back because of what we just talked about with pitchers and all that but if you add some serious upside like serious upside type players to this team with such a high floor I do think that's how you really pop off and and win 90 plus games and just kind of have a lot of things go your way but this year's team, they they have a lot of depth. I just kind of see them being able to sustain injuries and all that kind of stuff. And uh, but I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like it's hard to put a cap on on a ceiling because the 2021 Giants won 107 games with without Rodon and without some of the quality veterans we've discussed today. So any team can kind of pop off and have a miracle season. But realistically, I think we're looking at a mid 80s win team ish and when when the true talent is there you could you could win 90 you could win 80 but somewhere in that range how do you think the giants organization front office views this team and their outlook or do you think they're just going to the season trying to be another 500 type ish team or do you think they have real expectations of going in there maybe winning 90 plus games and making some noise in the playoffs or is just this like just a retooling year and maybe trade a couple of these guys at the deadline like a brandon crawford who's getting a little older I think there's a lot of pressure to win now, mm. even if it I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense. I think I think that makes sense. They basically there's a lot of pressure to win now because they've made the playoffs exactly one time since 2016. And that was 2021. And this is not, you know, this is not the pittsburgh pirates or the kansas city royals or the oakland a's you know this is a Shot. this is a bigger market team <laughs> and i could have said the d-backs but i didn't wow okay i'm sorry they it's the d-backs right. they they do things right. they do things well and they're on the up and up so i'm now we're gonna have a wager at the end of this podcast for yeah. the listeners. so you keep talking your ish right now because it'll be okay <laughs> right but you know the pirates i think is a good example like where where it's kind of tolerable or expected almost to go through multiple losing seasons and kind of rebuild that way but this is a team that expects to win year in and year out 
and they had the 2021 season, but going back, you know, regressing to 81 last year, uh, there's this is the fifth year of this new front office, and the contract was for five years for Farhan Zaidi taking over president of baseball operations. And we have not heard about an extension, although there's kind of hints that he may have been extended already. But the fans have the fans are restless. I don't know if you know this, but Giants fans are very, very, very restless right now, I think, about the state of the team. The farm system, you may have noticed, like in some rankings, is not up where I think people thought they would be at this point. Uh, but yeah, I do not think it's a retooling year at all. I think the expectation is to win, but they're kind of fringe. And so they may have to make a, another big deadline acquisition like like they did in 2021 with Chris Bryant if, they, if they're kind of borderline at that point and they want to make that big splash that pushes them over the top. But I think they're better than people think, but also it's a competitive National League. Right away, you've got the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, and the Braves accounting for you know four of your six playoff spots most likely. And then there's there's really a race for two more spots. And you've got some other good teams like the Phillies and the Brewers and the D-backs are in that mix. And oh, uh, now the Cardinals, mentioned. obviously. So I think it's it's going to be a competitive league and a uh, race in the National League this year. And the D-backs are a big part of that. They could disrupt a lot of people's plans if if they hit on kind of their upside. Ben and I will continue our conversation. But if you need a boost, either pre-gym or post-gym, and you're looking for a delicious treat at the same time, but don't want the fat and calories, then you gotta try a Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is the perfect treat for someone like me, someone that's trying to stay in the gym, eat healthy, but you still got a sweet tooth. That's where Bilt Bar kicks in because it tricks you. You think that you're eating a candy bar when in reality, you're actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for that keto diet. And right now, Built Bar, they're just not online anymore. You can still go to Built.com if you want a box of Built Bars, but they're also in stores now. Walmart, Sam's Club, you can go to one and pick up a box of Built Bars. So if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of my favorite flavors, brownie batter, churro, and then you can thank me later. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about D-backs versus Giants in one second. But I got one more question before we get there, because after seeing the Giants' offseason, at least try and go out there and spend money on the Aaron Judges, you know, give him potentially three to four hundred million and give Carlos Correa 300 plus million. Do you think in future offseasons going forward, the Giants will be big time players for these big time free agents? Because, listen, this upcoming offseason is going to be one of the most talked about ones with maybe the best free agent of all time in Shohei Otani. Do you see the Giants as a team that will also get into that market? Or do you think they will just the, the bidding will be too high because you're probably gonna have to start at like 450 over 10 years for Otani? Do you think the Giants are a team that would be willing to get into that kind of expensive bidding? I think they would. I mean, they did. They did it with Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. It wasn't 450, but if if that's what he's worth, then I think that they're going to pursue it. Especially because of everything we've heard about Otani preferring to play on the West Coast. I don't know if that's totally true. I know it was 
true when he was first, you know, considering teams to sign with and he had those finalists and the, the Giants were one of those finalists back then in 2017, 2018, coming off a 98 loss season, they were still considered a finalist. And so if there's some kind of preference, preference to be on the West Coast and you're a team that needs stars and you've got this money to spend, they tried to also sign Harper several years ago. So they've been trying to go big game hunting here with some stars and they just haven't come away with one. But I don't see any reason they're just going to sit on the sidelines for Shohei Otani. The one exception, and I keep bringing this up on my show, is he's half a pitcher. And we were, as I just got done talking about, they're hesitant to give a five-year deal to Kevin Gosman. And so I wonder how that factors in to their thinking, if at all, when you consider that Shohei Otani is, you know, if you're talking about a 10, 11, 12-year deal for this guy, ultimately, are you willing to break your own seeming rule uh, about giving a long-term deal to someone who is partially a pitcher. So, and Machado yeah. was another guy who made sense, but he's not on the board anymore. It's really Shohei Otani, and then a huge drop-off. So, it's going to be fascinating. And I think the Giants will be in the mix, but am I confident they'll come away with him? No. I think when you look at like the long-term Otani contract, you have to be like, all right, I'm getting like four to five years of pitching, and then like ten years of hitting, and then you have to kind of figure out. What number you're okay with? I feel like for a tiny contract, you probably want to front load that thing so you could pay him while he's both a pitcher and hitter because by the time he's like 34, 35, he's probably going to slow down the pitching and still be one of the best sluggers in Major League Baseball, which is just a crazy statement to say. But I want to get to the finale of this podcast, Ben, because I've been doing research. I've been looking at the teams on paper, the rotation, the lineup, the bullpen. And my conclusion is I think the D-backs on paper – have a higher ceiling, maybe a lower floor than the Giants, because I do agree, the Giants have very good depth, but I'm picking the D-backs to finish ahead of the Giants in the standings this year. I think the D-backs are being completely overlooked, at least on FanDuel, because if you look at like the division odds to win the division, of course, I don't think the D-backs are going to win the division. But the fact that the Giants are like plus 1,100 to win the division, then the D-backs are like plus 4,000 to win the division, I think that disparity is so crazy to me. And I think the D-backs are actually better than the Giants entering this season. How do you feel about our D-backs versus Giants rivalry this season? I feel like we've had this conversation before and and then at times it has played out where it's been pretty close I think and at times the Giants have gone on to win 107 and the D-backs have like fallen apart but okay. I feel that that this year again I agree with you we often agree that there's there these teams are closer than people think I agree with you 100% that disparity on FanDuel I I would bet on the D-backs probably if I saw that uh, I mean, like I said, I don't think they're winning the division either. But yeah, it's just better um, if you want to make money. But like, yes. Yeah, so if 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 everything goes right for the D-backs, it is not hard to see. And the Giants, like, they don't hit their upside, but they just kind of have their floor and they're are solid. But the D-backs have the potential if they hit on their upside to surpass the Giants. But I mean, I I honestly think they could do it. Maybe the pitching maybe isn't quite there for me when I look at some of the guys, but I don't know how, I don't exactly know how these young guys who you've got coming up are going to factor in. And, and that makes a big difference. If sudden, uh, obviously Corbin Carroll has arrived, but you've got like three other guys by many publications who are like top 15 prospects in the game. And a lot of them are close yeah. to the major leagues. And so if those guys come up and reach their potential, then this team could be really, really good. And yeah, so I agree with you. I, I think I'd have, 
I'd have the Giants ahead. So we disagree oh, there, but I oh, think perfect. I think I agree in that I respect the the upside and the and the young talent coming for Arizona. Yeah, the D-backs are going to be a huge wild card just because of what you said. All the young talent that they're going to have, they're going to have like maybe two rookies in that rotation. They're going to have Corbin Carroll, who's a rookie, Jake McCarthy. You know, he, he had like a half season with the D-backs last year. Like this D-backs team is so young. It's going to be so inexperienced, but they got such good upside with, the, with so many of those young players that – I just think the ceiling is going to be higher than the Giants and that all those young players, I think, are going to because with the new rule changes, too, I think it's just going to affect the D-backs just because this D-backs team has so much speed on it. I think speed is going to be like a major factor for teams this year. That's like my big proclamation, which I don't think is like some outlandish take or whatever with the bigger, bigger bases, the pitch clock and the only two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. I think steals and speed is going to be a major factor and weapon this season for MLB teams. I think the D-backs might be the greatest benefactor of that rule change. And so, Ben, since you believe the Giants are going to finish ahead of the D-backs in the standings, would you officially like to make a wager on this podcast on who's going to finish higher? We don't have to come up with the details, but would you like to bet on which team will finish higher in the standings? I, I absolutely would because I'm not just you know playing to the camera. I think that the Giants are better, but and you think the D-backs are better, but I think it's interesting. So, yeah. I think that I'm happy to do so. And I can't lie. I'm always biased whenever I talk about the teams I love. It's just so hard. I try to be impartial, but it's so hard to not just feel emotionally wrapped up when you have to cover these teams and talk about them every day. It's like, I just want to see the D-backs be successful. It's so hard to not pour my emotions into it as well. So it's always a little bit of wishful thinking when you do these kind of bets. But we'll have to probably announce on Twitter, maybe talk after the show about what kind of details should be going into this season-long bet. Maybe we'll announce it right before the start of the season. But there will be a wager list. There will be a bet between Ben Kaspik and I, Locked on Giants versus Locked on Dimebacks. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Come back next week for more Dimebacks, Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Go catch up on any pods you might have missed this past week. We talked to Ben. We talked to Sully. I think we even had a crossover at Javi Reyes of Locked on Padres. So go catch up on any pods you might miss this week. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day the Locked on Fantasy Baseball podcast with Matt and Dom because they will be breaking down fantasy draft strategies and keeping you up to date with the best fantasy analysis all season long. Stream them wherever you stream Locked on Dimebacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, Come back for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight next week. Deuces.